This is the MS Show, the podcast for people with multiple sclerosis and their families who want information and inspiration. I'm Bron Webster. I've been living with MS for over 20 years. I'll be sharing with you tips, stories and ways to keep going with MS. In today's episode, we're talking again to Grant Miller in the second part of his diagnosis story. He was diagnosed 30 to 40 years ago, and at the time, support was not what it is today. So I was interested to talk to Grant about how he came to terms with his diagnosis, and did he recognise and accept it, and anything else that he thinks might be interesting. Let's start today's episode. How you came to terms with the diagnosis and accepted it okay. and particularly when what is time when there wasn't a lot of support no well i i think the thing is because for me because it was condition has progressed there has there's been no sudden change in anything you know like i started using the wheelchair no, i started using the walking stick before i had to but just to make mm. it easier and i started using the wheelchair before i actually had to to make life easier so I've not mm. got to a stage whereby suddenly I've got to use a wheelchair all the time. And having that period of handover, if you like, it's helped me come to terms with it. Yeah, so the and loss has been less dramatic. Yeah, exactly. Than, you know, yeah. It's, it's, it's all been very, very gradual. So it's only looking back over the previous period of time. I think, well, actually, hang on. If I look back five years, I was doing so-and-so. Now I can't do so-and-so, you know. That mm. thing, if I dwell too much and it can hit me a bit, but I just try to dwell on that sort of thing and try and be positive. They're just those intrusive thoughts that you can't stop sometimes. That's, um, that's the problem, yeah. Yes, so, you know, you're doing something somewhere and you get a memory and remember when you used to be able to do something yeah. and then you get that thought and yeah. it's what you do with that thought, isn't it? Exactly. I know that one of the things I regularly, like once a month, collect with the MS Society, the Milton Keynes branch, in the city centre. Well, when it's open, obviously. Yeah. You mean take like a bucket? Yeah, hold a bucket, yeah, for a couple yeah. of hours. Which is good. It raised, you know, you raise a, good, a fair amount of money doing that for the MS Society. It's sometimes when I'm sitting there with all these people walking past me thinking, I can't do that anymore. I can't sometimes that can hit me after a while oh, just wish wish I could walk you know wish I hadn't got this condition but then things will be so much different in that case uh, in, in many levels I don't know is it good or bad I don't know I wouldn't be in Milton Keynes if I was doing that because I'm in Milton Keynes because I retired from teaching because of the MS and started working at the OU which is in Milton Keynes so that's, that's what brought me, you that's here what, that's what brought me here yeah completely yeah yeah and I love it here. I really like it. And we're talking about support, um, going back a stage. Because yeah. when I was diagnosed, there wasn't anybody. All I had was my neurologist I saw once every, every six months. I think I saw him every six months for a long time, actually. Perhaps he wasn't busy at the time. And maybe that's... I thought, you asked early on, when did I know I got primary progressive? When was I told it was that? I don't know at what point it was. It may have been at some point when they were writing the medical reports for me. Because I retired mm. from teaching on ill health grounds so there would have been reports for that process and then i left teach retired from teaching but got a pension allowed me still to work as long as it wasn't teaching that's loads better isn't it huge difference yeah yeah that must have made quite 
quite a big difference to your day and to your uh, symptoms and your ability to get through the day. Yes, definitely. Yeah. I mean, then, because it was quite a long drive each day that, you know, I'd regularly stop for a snooze in the car on the way back because I was getting tired and it wasn't safe to mm. carry on. So I'd pull over and stop. I mean, funnily enough, I don't get those symptoms anymore at all. I don't quite know what the difference is there. Yeah. No, maybe um, maybe we'll ask a neurologist on a on a future episode yeah. if they can explain why the change. Yeah. But it is a it is essentially recognised as a progressive disease. Yes. So no matter if you're remitting and relapsing, or if you're primary progressive or secondary progressive, which is another category, mm-hmm. in all in all cases, it's seen as a progressive condition, isn't it? It is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Grant, what's the biggest positive thing that you've learned about yourself since you've been diagnosed? And as you say, it's been a long time and you already said that your confidence has increased. Um, But what's the biggest positive? Well, I think that is the biggest positive, actually, that I am much more outgoing than I ever was in the past, that I'm not shy. I will go and talk to strangers quite happily about almost anything, which I would have been totally impossible otherwise for me and have you made a lot more friends because um, you've got that increased confidence do you think yes probably yeah it's a bit i mean i live alone so it's a bit tricky to get out sometimes to find new people to meet but certainly i've got loads of people through ms group groups that i meet up with regularly i do volunteer for Willen hospice in milton Keynes, so i've got lots of friends through that organization now that i wouldn't have met otherwise you know, and I do bucket collect for them as well as, as the MS Society. Um, so you're really giving back. You're doing oh, yeah. You know. <laughs> well, because yeah. I retired from the OU three and a half years ago now. And that, of course, when I was at the OU, I had a lot of friends at the OU. Well, I guess <laughs> acquaintances, I should say, most of them, I suppose, because people you don't necessarily keep in touch with when you leave. But you know, lots of people I was meeting and mingling with then and doing things then. Then when I retired... I thought, I've got to do something with my life. I can't just sit at home and watch TV all day. As we're finding now. <laughs> this yeah, it's not hugely fulfilling, is it? <laughs> not really, no. Um, so I, when I was retiring, yeah, uh, I sort of had a list of organisations I might volunteer for. And Will and Hospice were high up the list. And it's just and, amazing to get out of bed. Yeah, that's what I was, I was just going to ask. What is that giving to you? And like you say, a reason to get out of bed the current lockdown situation that we're in it's made me start thinking about if somebody was going through diagnosis or if they'd been just recently diagnosed but then there really is no support out there at the minute or you might be waiting for answers and I just because that support was never there for you originally I just wondered whether or not there were any elements of how you coped with it that you could maybe suggest what I do yeah what I do now is um yeah um, if it was in a lockdown I think my my main thing is 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 not to don't worry about things too much because it's so easy to get too insular uh, and fret about things as I said before, it doesn't affect, we all know now, it doesn't affect everybody in the same way. So just because you mm. see somebody else with a condition doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be in that same position later on. There are there's a, lot, a hell of a lot of information on the internet, but as we all know, the internet has to be approached with caution sometimes. Definitely. You need to make, get think, reputable sources, definitely. don't you? I think now, if I was just freshly diagnosed now, 
I would be looking at the MS Trust website and the MS Society, the UK MS Society website, because there's a yeah. lot of useful information on there. And both of the organisations have helplines you can phone and talk to people. So I've never never had to phone them, but I certainly would be if I was in that position now. And not knowing who to talk to. Yeah, that's really good. That's a really good idea, actually, to find some nice, reliable online sources of information. Definitely. Brilliant. Um, and is that also, if it was a friend of yours that had just been diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, would you say the same thing to them? Yeah, I would. I would. I think that a good sense of humour of being positive is a, is a key thing for this condition and getting out and doing stuff when you can. You know, I mean, mm. I'm, I'm in lockdown now, as we all are, and I'm, I live in a nice little village within Milton Keynes, believe it or not. There are some nice villages within Milton Keynes. <laughs> um, and it's a lovely little path I can take around the village. So day one of the lockdowns, it works. I'm allowed to do my half an hour or so each day going out. I did. I started doing that. And I put a tracking device on my, my phone so I could see how far I got. And I thought, oh, I wonder how far I've gone. It'd be quite fun to add all these up to make a distance. Perhaps I'll do a marathon over mm. a long period of time. And a friend of mine said, you know, well, why don't you get sponsorship then if you're going to do that? So that's what I've done. I've got sponsorship now and I'm raising money for Willen Hospice. And I've raised so far £1,300. Brilliant. Over, over actually. Um, but I'm doing it, a, mainly, well, I'm doing it for the hospice, obviously, um, because I, I've, had a lot, I've had four close friends supported by the hospice now, so they mean a lot to me. But also, mm. it is a, it's a, it's um, a lever, if you like. It makes me get out and do it, um, because yeah. if the weather wasn't very good, because it hasn't been a couple of times, I might just not bother going. And it's good for you, because you're obviously keeping yourself active, um getting out i guess you meet people while you're out as well yeah bump into people some people i know some i don't just you know long distance chat sometimes mm. yes yeah no, it's but it's, that is great that you've taken something and you wanted to do it but you found by putting some kind of sponsorship with it that's giving you that real it, momentum yeah. definitely yeah but also yeah. i'm being sensible i'm not overdoing it i know you know i could easily try and do five miles a day or something well it's not worth it because that would mm. tire me out too much and take too long as well, I suppose. But also it's just not worth doing. I'd rather do the 30 to 40 odd minutes I'm doing every day, doing my one and a half to two miles I'm doing each day. Yeah. It's nice. Really good. So um, how many marathons have you done so far? I've completed two. I've just started the third. I'm sort of three miles into my third, I think. Brilliant. <laughs> For anybody that thinks you can no longer do a marathon if you've got multiple sclerosis, that's no, not just, the case. You just got to do it slowly. It's taking me, you know, it's, it's my, what am I, I'm calling it my isolation incremental marathons. Okay. Because um, that's what it is. <laughs> so. Yeah. So, but you just cha changed the way that you've labelled them. But, yeah. you know, but that, that's multiple sclerosis. I think that what you've done thumbs up what you need to do when you've got multiple sclerosis i think it's brilliant i think to try and carry on uh, you may have to modify what you're doing but don't overdo things it's the other thing as well you know don't do too much don't tie yourself out too much because that's easy to do as well i mean normally i swim once a week with the local ms group you hire a school swimming pool for an hour a week and that i found really helpful of course that's that's not going on at the moment either but um, not at the minute no but it's nice if you're doing things with other people 
and you've got yeah. that regular spot and doing yeah. things that are making you you're sort of accountable almost to somebody as well as yourself yeah and i just think all these things really help Absolutely. in just getting through through your days your weeks and all the rest so yeah, yeah it's brilliant so we're more or less at the end of the interview now but there is one question Ooh. that i always ask people that come along oh. and it is grounds if you could be anywhere in the world with your favorite drink not necessarily alcoholic <laughs> where would you be and what would you be drinking well i think i will be having a gin and tonic on the gin cocktail bar uh, at the front at the top of britannia which is a pno cruise ship mm-hmm. so yes yeah, so i'd like to be now but not somewhere further away because my normally on my cruises are quite close to home because they can't fly really easily these days so same ship but you know, out in Singapore or on the way to Hong, oh. Hong Kong or something like that, because I've never been to Hong yeah. Kong. I would love to go to Hong Kong. Wow, that is a massive undertaking. That's yeah. great. I would love to do that. <laughs> but a gin and tonic will do, definitely, yeah. definitely. So definitely. thanks ever so much, Grant. Thanks That's ever great. so much. You are very welcome. Thanks so much for listening to today's MS show. Please subscribe, rate and review this podcast. And if you'd like to get more involved with the MS Show, why not join our Facebook community? Just search Facebook for The MS Show. Come back soon for another dose of MS information and inspiration. You've been listening to The MS Show podcast.